What is up, y'all? Welcome in to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. Today, I'm your host, Tyler, at FF Tyler O. We're doing a really great show here. It is Wednesday, the day before the draft. So, of course, we need to sneak in one more show to talk about potential landing spots for the prospects. Where do we want to see people go? Where do we don't want to see the people go? Um, we get to see this come to fruition in, honestly, about like, you know, 24, 48 hours here. So it's super exciting. You'll be probably listening to this on a Thursday morning, more than likely, for it to be relevant. But anyways, I'm not doing this by myself here today. Got my friend Daniel Harms here at In Harms Way 19 with Fantasy Football Astronauts. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. You know, we were talking a little bit before the show about this is the time now. Finally, we're here. The draft is here, and it's time to get this all out there for everybody. We're, we're getting through it now. We're going to get to see where these guys land, and it's re I'm ready. I'm ready to get into this and then start some rookie drafts after this is all over. Absolutely. On, on Sunday for me, I feel like I, yeah. I may, like, yeah, on Sunday, Monday, things are starting to roll. So it's like the season is starting. Like it always, mm -hmm. you know, dynasty season rolls and rolls, but like, the signals it really begins so excited as well starting at the quarterback position i mean i feel like that's naturally where we go just kind of lead the conversation in the right direction wanted to ask you real quick um you know what, what are your top five uh rookie quarterbacks in order yeah so i was uh pretty pretty chalky to start i've been a bryce young guy since last year honestly and i wanted to see him take a step this year and he did in terms of elevating that offense around him and making them better and doing more out of the pocket. So he's been my quarterback one uh, since the beginning. CJ Stroud was right after him nipping on his heels. That that Ohio State game was enough to give me like some pause. Like, do mm -hmm. I want to put him? Uh, it was incredible. You know, yeah, so that, that Georgia game was, was really fun to watch. But no, he stayed at two for me. I have too many longevity possibility questions about that. And then you know, Anthony Richardson's right there at three for me because of Everything that he does, I believe that he's a much more cerebral play player than ever. Most everybody coming into the draft session, we've seen that a lot of people kind of change their minds on that. Uh, but and after after him, it's it's Will Levis, and then you know, Hook. I, it's it's been tough for me with four and five with Levis, of course, and Hooker. Those two are going back and forth, but right now I have it at Levis at four and Hooker at five. Love it. I, actually, that is going to be the exact same as my rankings as well. Um, but landing spots, though, I think, like, yeah. you know, quarterback, things are interesting because now we're talking at least four of these guys going in the top 10 to top 15 picks. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's even talks of, of Hooker sliding into the first round as well. Yeah. Um, but, like, let's, let's just talk landing spots real quick. You got your rankings. Uh, you just mm -hmm. went over it. It's Bryce, Stroud, A, a Rich, uh, Levis, and then Hooker. It, it, you know, if there's a surprise landing spot, let's say, like, is there something that could, like, change? Let's let's start with the top three. Let's kind of narrow mm -hmm. our focus here. Like, is there any kind of landing spot or shakeup in the draft that could change your top three rankings of yeah. Bryce to Stroud to A. Rich? There's really only one for me, and it's if Anthony Richardson goes to the Lions. Okay. I believe that with him there, I know he probably wouldn't play this year to start, but that would change – how I feel about him going forward in Ben Johnson's offense. I know he probably is only going to be there for one more year, but I think even that development that he would get sitting a year behind Jared Goff and then being able to actually operate an offense after that, it would elevate him above both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud because of before he already has as a player, an athlete, and then you bring in a year sitting. We saw what a year sitting did for Patrick Mahomes. I'm not trying to say he would be Patrick Mahomes, but it does help a quarterback, a really, really talented quarterback, 
get off on the right foot if they sit a year and learn behind a veteran. It, it's kind of been proven that, that that does work. So if Anthony Richardson lands in Detroit, that's one of the only places that I could really see um, this changing. The same goes for like CJ Stroud. If these guys end up in Detroit, I, I think that some of them can change a little bit. But uh, it's really just a rich to Detroit really changes some things for me. Yeah, the uh, music to my ears, Dan, because I'm a, a sad Detroit Lions fan. But I think you're <laughs> right, though, is it's, yeah. You know, I think the Lions, um, you know, the golf is our quarterback, obviously probably going in this year, but like they've really set the table up well for a quarterback to come in and succeed. Um, it's, you know, it, it's like one of those situations, like I've said this multiple times on, on the podcast, but it's kind of like, you know, I, I've always been between uh, Bryce, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, and I really can't make mm-hmm. up my mind. Uh, but like for me, the determining factor was which guy who whoever doesn't go to the Texans is going to be my QB one, right? Like that's kind of <laughs> like the way that talking landing spots. That was kind of like my way of going about it. And honestly, it's kind of looking like that. At least like I feel good about um, mm-hmm. Bryce going to the Panthers. I think it's a good spot for him. I think they got a little bit of work to do, like getting him some weapons. But like that doesn't have to happen year one. But I'm with you on the Lions thing, where it's like I think if we see. Like, I'm not the biggest A-Rich fan in the world, but mm-hmm. I think there's enough there for me to recognize that if he goes to a team with, you know, arguably top five, tell me if I'm too much of a homer here, but a top five offensive line, arguably top five offensive line, good wide receiver like unit, great running back unit. I mean, the offense is just set up well uh, for a quarterback to thrive. So I, I do love that take of if, you know, we see a Stroud or a A-Rich go to the lines that they could, you know, supplant and move themselves up. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in the offensive line. I thought they were off, I thought they were top five, top five offensive line last year. They've been kind of building that over the last couple of years, and I really like what Dan, um, you know, Dan Campbell has done there with the infrastructure on the offense with Ben Johnson and everything. So the Lions are, uh, funny enough, a, a welcoming landing spot for mm-hmm. quarterbacks and where players are going to probably find themselves wanting to gravitate towards a little bit. I think they were a playoff team last year, but the record didn't ish obviously indicate that. And I think going forward will be a lot of fun for them. So, yeah. And I know I understand the net being a whole all in on Anthony Richardson. It's a, it's not easy to just fully believe that everything that happened was just a function of, no, oh, I made a mistake here and there. And my body was a little off. I mean, sometimes, you know, seeing everything on tape doesn't always mm-hmm. show you, you the, the numbers do always kind of track the inexperience factor too so all of that makes a lot of sense and then let's just talk we, we haven't had you know the the levis and the, the hooker talk here you know is there like a, a favorite landing spot or best landing spot in your opinion for these two where that you could see them you know move themselves up and they could you know uh not necessarily go ahead of the other three, but let's say like overall in your rookie drafts, if we see a good landing spot for Levis, mm-hmm. if we see a good landing spot for Hendon Hooker, are they able to move up into the 105, 106, 107 range? You know, what would that spot be or what would that team be? And let's say they're getting that first round draft capital, mm-hmm. obviously, but like what would that, what would be a good landing spot for those two? I think Seattle makes the most sense for either one of those teams, um, I, or either one of those players in terms of elevating their draft stock. One, you do know that Geno Smith is going to be the quarterback there next year. And the offense is going to have DK Metcalf at least going forward. I don't imagine Tyler Lockett's going anywhere. They're also probably going to draft a wide receiver this year to pair with those two. So if you think, you know, Hooker or or Levis land in Seattle, they're going to be building a nice infrastructure there with an experienced team with 
honestly a, an offensive line that's on the up and up too that has a typical typically a good running game around them so that's some place you know you have Kenneth Walker there already so I like the landing spot for one of these young guys that allows them to sit behind Geno Smith learn because he honestly it's almost even a little bit better of a landing spot for some of these guys because Geno went through all the, mm-hmm. fa- the all the failure stuff mm-hmm. before with the Jets and with the Giants and people thought he was a bust and now done his thought of his career was over but now he's playing he played at a really high level last yeah, year. it was, it was incredible throws, like some top five quarterback type throws like things you don't see out of a lot of these guys and we always knew he had the talent but for some reason didn't click and then finally he gets that chance so it's a really nice spot to land for a levis who i believe also needs to sit a year as well as hooker to, to really get that going so i i like that spot a lot for for these guys even for someone that's not going to necessarily be one of the top five seattle is a prime spot for me to for one of these young guys to learn to sit and then walk into an offense that has weapons around them is there any quarterbacks that um just kind of close things out here at the quarterback mm-hmm. position is there any other quarterbacks outside of those five that excites you i mean i feel like i've heard everything i've seen almost every quarterback at qb6 rankings at this point yeah. in time i don't think we're expecting any day one or maybe even day two for these guys but you know is there you know your qb6 is there excitement there is there just kind of a, a name there because there needs to be the, i like dtr Okay. Uh, from U- UCLA, he has a ton of talent, you know, much like uh, Geno Smith in terms mm-hmm. of having all the raw talent. You just you watch him, he's, you're like, wow, he made a really, really nice throw there. And then the next play, he throws it into triple coverage for absolutely no reason. And you're just like trying to trying to pinpoint what's going on in, in this guy's head mm-hmm. sometimes. And, you know, there's a reason he's a, a bit older of a prospect, you know, much like Hendon Hooker and Will Levis. They it takes a little bit longer for some players to get that mental side figured out. And I think those are the three guys you're kind of seeing right now. They have a ton of physical talent, but maybe not necessarily the mental fortitude to to get through their reads, to operate a a full field offense, not just a half field offense. Mm -hmm. And you you really do see that with Levis and Hooker and, and DTR, where it's like, okay, you can go through your reads here on this half field, but things start breaking down and necessarily you don't always get back to the other side. So I, I do love the physical tools there and, you know, I, I'll be my own bias self. I'm a big Jaron Hall fan. Okay. He's, I, I like just, there's something about him. And I, again, I don't think he's got the best arm. He, he removes a little bit, reminds me a little bit of, of like maybe a Joe Burrow minus. Like, okay. just, I don't think he could ever get there, but I like the ball placement and the accuracy downfield. He also has some of those, what the hell moments you're just like why would you throw this football <laughs> yeah, yeah, it totally. makes absolutely no sense uh but yeah those i, I like dtr and jaron hall a good bit and it, depending on landing spot you know we'll we'll see how the, it shakes out with some rookie shares and where they could end up but you never you never really know shifting to the running back position i'm going to ask for your your top three running backs in order is it chalk or what we got for me no, it's absolutely chalk. <laughs> These top three, I think, should be just about everyone. You can make an argument at three if you want to. But, yeah, it's Bijan at one, Jameer Gibbs at two, cool. and Zach Charbonnet at three. They just – they haven't done anything to deter anybody else mm-hmm. – anybody else-wise. After that is where you really start to get into conversation. of You you can talk yourself into, you know, a Devin Chain or, you know, Kendrick Miller, even Tajay Spears this draft cycle. You, you could really have fun with any of these guys after that. But the top three have been the same for me ever since I started doing this year's uh, you know, okay. draft cycle. And then, you know, we, we know what Bijan is. Uh, lots of conversation yeah. around Bijan. Pretty elite prospect. One of the best overall players in the draft, no doubt.
out. But let's let's just quickly talk like what is like one of the worst landing spots for Bijan? Like I think no matter what, we're gonna lock him in. We know the talent he is, but you know what's like a spot, maybe two spots that he goes likely in the first round, and it's got us fantasy players kind of shaking our heads. Yeah, it's you're you're really looking for a bad offensive line and a team that doesn't necessarily have a way to getting him on the field a ton. And I personally think he's technically scheme proof or mm-hmm. and landing spot proof as much as you possibly you know possibly can be. But as I wouldn't want to see him in in Kansas City. I know a lot of people would want to see him in Kansas City, but mm-hmm. the way that you they are starting to use their offense and yep. their their running back system it's really a three horse race back there you already have isaiah pacheco back there and i mean i i don't think that he's going to be within the range of getting mm-hmm. to kansas city myself um but th- that's kind of what i feel i'm starting to feel like with some of these these running backs yeah they'd be fun to have there for a little bit uh but i don't know necessarily that the chiefs want to use one guy the entire time and that's really what you want especially for fantasy you want someone who's going to garner 60 plus percent of those touches and i'm not i'm not sold in kansas city that's someplace that's going to happen for the future and i'm I'm going back and i'm going i'm going back and forth on, on some of these landing spots here but um one that i don't i don't really i know that everyone wants that wants to happen okay i know that okay what's this <laughs> i don't want Bijan to go to the falcons Okay. I understand Arthur Smith. I think he's a great play caller. I also think that there's a little bit of the same there because last year they used four different running backs effectively. And again, I know that Arthur Smith had Derrick Henry and we're seeing this shift in the NFL. This mm-hmm. shift go from away from the bell cows to save these guys, their seat, their careers essentially yep. not get so much wear on the tires and i know that he, he would be a lot of fun there their offensive line still isn't great it's really not great and they've you know they've got a passing attack right now that i think they're going to continue to add to and i i think they're going to give desmond ritter a good shot to show at least as of right now we'll see what they end up drafting but i know everyone thinks it's like the best spot to go for him because of arthur smith and the way that they they think they just think that derrick henry is the vision they're like he's going to become derrick henry yeah it's easy not, it's easy to yeah, say it I'm not sold that if okay. he goes there, he's 75% touches, period, end of story. I don't know that. I, Cordell Patterson's still there. Tyler Algier is still there. He, he was really good last year. Yeah, for he Falcons. played great. And really, every, every, every running back that they had, they, they came in and they did well. Caleb Huntley, um, it didn't matter. So I, I'm just a little concerned that we're all just slotting Atlanta because of Derrick Henry. And that, that's not necessarily the case. Yep. So beyond those three, I think you're right. I mean, everyone's talking. Um, it, it's going to be those three, you know, Bijan, Gibbs, and uh, Charbonnet. But, like, after that, I feel like, I mean, when I ask people's, like, RB4, I've heard probably ten different names, and I don't. I think you could argue almost any of them, frankly. Yeah. But, like, let, let's talk, like, you know, day two. So that's, folks, that's going to be your second and third round picks. You know, what running backs do you, you know, have you evaluated that you're pretty high on that you think should, you know, match that day two draft capital to kind of get that checkbox to be like, I was right about this guy. The NFL thinks the same way I do. Um, and then you're feeling good about taking him in, you say, um, you know, the front half of the second. So who, who are those kind of running backs that you're like really want to get that, like that, like day two draft capital? Maybe where do they go as well? Yeah, this is where we get to have a little bit more fun because I think with Bijan, you're like, okay, he needs to garner 75% of the touches to be 
you know, effective because of that first round draft capital. Mm-hmm. Now let's go to the opposite side. Let's go to day three. Let's go in, uh, into round, excuse me, day two, into round three. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to flip the script on everybody. I want Devin H. Shane to go to Atlanta okay. because okay. of the, the one, two, one, two, possibly three punch. You're not expecting uh, Devin H. Shane to get 60 plus percent of the touches. You want him to be a pass catching back. You want him to be a touchdown scoring guy to elevate his potential role yeah. as a third round pick. You get he gets that day two draft capital. He goes to a place where he's going to be a lot of working. He can still work between the tackles too. He's that thunder and lightning combination with Tyler Algier. That's what I want to see because again, it goes to that touch split for him. You don't expect him to get that much. Yep. You want him scoring long touchdowns, catching passes out of the backfield and, and making guys miss and getting those those touchdowns. That's what I think he he could do. So I like that fit personally because of the way he meshes with Tyler Algier, the, the more of the, the round and pound guy. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a fit that I, I like. And I have a couple other here, Tajay Spears to the Cincinnati Bengals. I want okay. him to get around I think another third round pick, maybe the end of the second round, depending how the medicals check out. That's mm-hmm. something that has to be um, garnered with him. Two ACL injuries on the same knee, so that's something that teams will a little differently be interested in and okay. see check out. Yep. But I think that he's one of the best space players in the entire draft at running back. And with Cincinnati, you know they don't have Samaj Piran anymore. He's in Denver. There's tons of questions around Joe Mixon. Yes, sir. Yep. Will be will be drafting a running back and. Tasha Spears would walk into, you know, a ton of touches. That's just what he would walk into. I know there's Chris Evans there, but Chris Evans is strictly like a third down pass catching back who's not a very good uh, pass protector. Tasha Spears, one of the things at the Senior Bowl that I was watching is that he was having some trouble with his technique. Mm-hmm. But they ran three different – they ran him three straight times in pass protection with coaching in between each one of them. First one, he got absolutely destroyed by Auburn Miller, uh, a D2 mm-hmm. linebacker, okay? Then the next two reps, he got significantly better and then significantly better. When you're able to be coachable in the moment, that kind of stuff translates too. So being able to be on the field as a pass blocker, again, he was to over 200 pounds. I think he's going to play around 200 pounds, which is really good for you know that the player to Absolutely. be able to get on the field, not just uh, pass protection, but you know helping the contact balance as well. All of those things translate, and, and I think Tajay Spears landing in Cincinnati would be a lot of fun. And then last one is Kendra Miller to the Dallas Cowboys. I love uh, it. Kendra Miller has the maybe the best contact balance of any running back in this class. So he's got a little bit more power to his game. I think he's an underrated vision player. You pair him with a Tony Pollard, who's more of a you know lightning guy. He does run between the tackles, but he's speed, get out to the outside. You can really run these two guys much like they did with Ezekiel Elliott on the back end of his tenure with Dallas, mm-hmm. more of that power, uh, get that first down, get those end, end zone touchdowns. That's something that Kendra Miller can do in Dallas and help take the workload off of Tony Pollard as well. So those are three yep. landing spots that I really like. I love that because I, I think that the Cowboys have made it known that they don't want to give Pollard the load, right? That's, I think that's absolutely. I've seen you know seen I've seen um, Gibbs mock to the Cowboys in round one. I don't necessarily think they need yep. to go that high, but I think grabbing one of these uh, running backs that people likely have in that four to six seven range in, in day two makes a lot of sense for the Cowboys. I'm absolutely there with you on that one. Um, and then real quick, close up the running backs here. I, I really want to just kind of talk about like draft capital and how we perceive it at the running back position, um, just because we're kind of on the topic, but like. 
I feel like there's like increasing number of running backs not being taken in the first, right? Um, so like at this point, that we see the the JTs, the Brees Halls, like some of the better prospects we've seen in years go in the second. Um, and then at the same time, we see some running backs go on day three and absolutely crush. So it's like this whole like draft capital thing, I think absolutely matters. Like I'm not saying draft capital doesn't matter. And I think it matters. What I'm saying is I think it matters more for other positions than it does at running back because like day one capital is pretty much out of the picture for yep. most years. And it's like, so we're pretty much saying all running backs are day two or day three and day three are also performing. Like, you know, like are, how are you like looking at draft capital, but at the running back position, I guess is kind of what I'm getting at here. Yeah. So it, it's tough with running back and draft capital because you don't really know how a team values that player. For example, like last year, the 49ers took Tyron Davis price in like the, what the third or second round, yep, something yep, like that. Yep. 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 Um, yep. And he, I don't think, personally, didn't think he was a great caliber running back coming out of LSU. And that was more of a head-scratching move. And then you saw them go and trade for Christian McCaffrey. Like, (laughs) completely put him on the back burner. So, you know, they drafted, actually, did did they draft Elijah Mitchell? Was he undrafted? I think he was like a sixth or um, late. I'm not sure either, but he's late. They didn't commit much. And then he came in, obviously, with some injury concerns, but still, he had a huge workload at the end of his 2021 season. And people were like, well, look, it doesn't really matter. And, and that's, that's the tough spot. I think the biggest thing you have to look for, San Francisco aside, because they are very yeah. unique and a very yeah. different yep. situation, yep. 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 you're looking for that opportunity and that fit. And that's why I was talking a little bit about, you know, Devin H. Chain in Atlanta. That would bump him up more because of the combination he has mm-hmm. with uh, Tyler Algier. With Isaiah Pacheco last year, as a seventh-round pick, there was room for opportunity. Uh, yeah, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was there with the first-round draft pick, um, and then you had Jarek McKinnon. But if you really looked at how it was trending for Clyde, it was a trending down. And he had been injured multiple times. Jarek McKinnon had injury history as well. So you think Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round draft pick, there's nobody else on that roster. There's nobody else there. Two guys with injury history. So opportunity, investment, and maybe not that opportunity and speed that kind of kind of does it for you with an, another top offensive line in the NFL. You're trying to find these these combinations, these different these different techniques to say, okay, he's got opportunity. He might have be one injury away if he's you know a early day three guy. Even if he's a day two guy with someone else in front of him, unfortunately, you don't want to project injury into these situations, but you do have to kind of consider that when you're thinking about these young, these rookie running backs in their draft capital. Say, okay, he has one guy in front of him. See how training camp goes. He can earn touches. And that's all this comes down to. You can earn your way onto the field as a seventh undrafted free agent. It doesn't matter. In, in today's NFL, you can always earn it. So it's about opportunity in front of him and possibility for guys falling out of favor with the head coach. Even Elijah Mitchell, to an extent, fell out of favor this this year with his injury problems. Yep. That's why they, probably why they traded for Christian McCaffrey. They needed someone they could count on, and they didn't want to have to give Debo Samuel all their running back touches again. <laughs> so it's it's really tough. But draft capital, I think the biggest thing that you can say is that a team likes a player with day two draft, but they really like that player, and they will give them the most opportunity to earn what they can. Later, you're, you're more like, okay, we have – maybe some guys in the room that we already really like, but we also think that he could offer something as a starter. I think that's really what this comes down to is that all these running backs 
have talent to be starters in the NFL. They're mm-hmm. getting drafted, and what we're seeing at a higher clip of that we've ever seen of day three guys coming in being impactful. And you know, everyone here knows the story about James Robinson at UDFA being the starter for the Jags for the you know the last couple of seasons before they yep. drafted uh, Travis Etienne. So yeah, yep. it, it's it's a lot of fun to talk about because it's really hard to to figure out. But I, the best thing I can say is that draft capital gives you an idea of how a team likes a player. Um, but at the end of the day, it comes down to opportunity and then how they're going to perform in camp to get that opportunity that really shows you what they can be and how they can earn those touches. Love it. Wide receivers, shifting gears. Your top four wide receivers, Daniel. All right, this might come to some contention for people, but um, I love I love some of these guys. My, my, my wide receiver one's the only first-round grade that I have is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay. And then right after that, I have Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, and Josh Downs. Those three guys have nearly the same grade for me in terms okay. of how I – my grading process, how it goes. They all ended up with a 6.7, and then you have, like, the, the decimal points after that that keep going and separate them. But that's how it is. And those four guys, I think, uh, are going to be impactful players, but – it's hard to tell with this specific draft class how they're all going to fall, but that's how I got it. All right, let's talk landing spots uh, for those four. Uh, you got that ranking of them, uh, JSN, Addison, Flowers, Downs. Um, is there any like landing spot that any of these guys could go to that could that could shift? It sounds like those three, could, there could be a lot of movement considering where they go. So let's Absolutely. talk about maybe some, some better landing spots or worse landing spots for uh, Addison, Flowers, and Downs. Yeah, so – uh, I, I still think that, you know, Jackson Smith and Jig was probably going to be solidified as my one, unless you see, you know, there's some smoke around the Chiefs trying to get Jordan Addison right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's There's been some talk about that. Obviously, they've talked about, talked to, had Zay Flowers throwing or catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Oh, everyone Same knows with, that by now. Yeah. Everyone does. <laughs> Same with Quentin Johnston. So they've gotten some input from their quarterback from those two players. But, but I think the one difference that separates the, – the, the thing that separates the two in Zay Flowers and Addison for me is the route running ability. Addison's okay. a much a much better natural separator and reader of a defense than I believe that Zay Flowers is. And that's not anything bad against Zay Flowers. He's an incredibly gifted after-the-catch player who does double moves probably the best in, in the class. I think he's the best double, okay. double move receiver. But he doesn't have that natural understanding of how to – manipulate leverage that he sees whether it's gotcha in zone or, or man coverage necessarily always all the time and his routes just aren't as crisp as as jordan addison's but if addison ends up in kansas city i would probably have him vying for you know the, that one spot in terms of where i'm drafting him in gotcha. rookie yep. drafts yep it won't probably won't change my grades on them but there is a, a difference with a you know a six foot he's a little slower a little almost six foot, a little undersized receiver, but he's going to be in Kansas City a little bit different than Jackson Smith and Jake, but who I know everyone says, yeah, he's 200 pounds. He can play on the outside a little, little bit. He's probably only playing in the slot in the NFL. Okay. Okay. And I feel the same about Addison, but I, I also know that he can play the Z a little bit. And with his understanding of, of coverages on the outside like that and his I think his speed on tape is better than Jackson Smith and Jigo's speed, which does help a little mm-hmm. bit there, trying to sell routes and things like that. It would allow me to push him probably above JSN in my rookie draft. Understood. Rankings. So th- that's the spot there. I think that you can reasonably consider the Chargers as, as a spot for like a Zay Flowers. If he, he goes there, 
you got two big guys on the outside, you know, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, you put him in the slot. I mean, that's a that's a it's fun great. fun we matchup for yeah. him. And you can you can really get some matchup problems there with Zay Flowers in in LA. There's a you know, both LA spots, honestly. I think that they the, the Rams desperately need a running back or yes. desperately need a wide receiver. Yep, yep, yep. So there's a couple spots there. And and really for Josh Downs, he's probably not going to be somebody that I target in the first round of my rookie drafts because Understood. he is probably going to be a, a slot only guy. His tape is just so much fun. Yep. Um, I, I I personally I comped him to Jahan Dotson, who was a first round pick last yep. year. I believe their play styles are very very similar. He's just a bit smaller than mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson is, and when you have someone that's probably going to only play in the slot in the NFL, it's harder to project those points always coming. So. And kind of have to see where he ends up going, but another you know slot only places or places you know like the Chargers or I think Seattle would be a nice spot too for okay. a guy like Josh Downs that would help, especially when you have an accurate quarterback like you know Juno Smith. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know but it's funny, it's, funny to say that, but it's true, year. man. It's true. It is. He was yeah. so good. <laughs> so it's fun. It's fun to think about because you you think you know Tyler Lockett is still. I will say this every single year. He's the most underrated wide receiver in fantasy. You can pl- pretty much draft him anytime you want to, and he's going to produce for you. DK Metcalf's going to stay on the outside, and that opens up the slot for a guy who is also one of the best understanding of defensive coverages. His routes are so quick. He gets open in the short and intermediate so quickly. And when you have that much space on the outside movement, I think he could be a better yak player in mm-hmm. the NFL, depending on where he lands, than he was in college. I think this was one of the bigger things. He didn't have a ton of space around him as much. They did try to get him in space, but I think he'll have a little bit more to work with depending on the landing spot. And then outside of those top four, mm-hmm. um, we're looking at some other wide receivers. Like, What other wide receivers do you want to see go day two and, and to what team? So let's actually um, start. I want to start actually with, with QJ, Quentin Johnston. Um, mm-hmm. You got him, I, I believe, at you know wide receiver five. Yes. Which I, you know, I think maybe a little lower than consensus. I don't think it's necessarily egregious or anything. But like, you know, is there a spot where you get excited about QJ? Because it seems you're a little bit lower than consensus. Yeah, his film grade was just you know I have him as a mid second round pick, which okay. is, that, that's how I, I viewed his his tape is all. Like, yep. I just was uh, I was just like okay, so th- we have this really big athletic yak player because. I don't know what else, what other routes he can run. He ran like three of them at TCU. Yeah, and he disappears the all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's also the offense's fault. It's not mm-hmm. always. He's playing with Max Dugan, who I, I will give him so much credit for the player that he is because he's not a very g- good and a, like quarterback in the NFL. He's probably going to be a backup his career, but he yeah. plays with a ton of heart. He does not like to lose, and you can tell when he plays, but he's not the most accurate thrower down the field. And when you have. Quentin Johnson, who's running a ton of goals and a ton yep. of slants and a ton of drags. Like, he's got to be able to get the ball on time to be able to attack afterwards. So, you, you think about that. And I'm just, you know, I've, I've been trying to find a spot for him. I think that Houston is someplace that would be interesting for me personally. You don't have Brandon Cooks there now. I know that Nico Collins is there, but Nico Collins is like, yeah. You know, Nico some people get just, super excited about him, but I don't totally buy it. You know, I, I just, can't can't do it i, I yeah. love i'm a michigan fan i was hopeful that nico collins would come out and be a really good player but i think that he needs help on the outside and i think quentin johnson can do that but he's going to need an offense that you get the ball to him quickly that's where he's going to have to learn early is that he's a really good yak player and mm-hmm. you want to be able to 
use that. I think Dallas is another place. Dallas is a lot of fun if you consider what you know mm-hmm. CD Lamb already does. He's like yep. a bigger type of CD Lamb in the in the sense that he's probably a better yak player coming into the NFL than he is a route runner and, and yeah. a winner ball Understood. winner downfield. So that's there. And I mean, there's also smoke around him in Kansas City. So there's a lot of different places. <laughs> yeah, <that> he could <laughs> end up. Like I know we're going to end up coming back to like Kansas City for all these receivers because they're they got three guys on the roster that played last year. No yeah. one else played. And, now they and no one's really so impressive they, either. So yeah, it's like there's room. There's a, room. A ton it, of guys. So, yeah. Uh, but I really like the the fit with the Cowboys. I, I would okay. love to see him in Dallas. I think that makes a ton of sense. With Dak, he can elevate Quentin a bit, and they can help develop that route tree with CeeDee Lamb. But I, I doubt it happens. I just personally would love to see it myself. Um, beyond the, these five we just talked about, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like your sixth, seventh, or eighth wide receiver, but like, you know, give me a couple landing spots that excite you for, for some wide receivers that you've been you've been watching that you have ranked. All right. So, I mean, the biggest spot for a guy like Jalen Hyatt is going to be, we, we already mentioned the Chargers, but the Chargers, again, would be a really nice spot for him with a big arm quarterback with two guys that aren't speed guys. They desperately need speed. Jalen Hyatt, I think almost he lands there we're talking about people are going to lose their minds or Jalen Hyatt they'll be taking him at the end of the first (laughs) they will he will be a end of the first round rookie pick I guarantee it and that's that's fine I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because again I have him as a third round grade because this goes back to not being able to see everything I also did not like the fact they didn't use him in the act department they didn't get him the ball a ton which was a problem for me when it took a while for me it took a you know it took him a while to come around too which is something that i usually look for as well yeah you're looking at him having this this year last year and that's pretty much it he was not uh a huge yards touchdown guy before last year so that can be a little bit of a problem transitioning into the nfl um but again two guys that are established on the outside i know everyone thinks keenan allen is just a slot player He's not really just a slot player. He plays on the outside. He wins on the outside as well. Uh, but that that makes a lot of sense there. A, 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 another fit that I really do like, and I'm a little lower than a lot of people on Marvin Mims, but if Marvin Mims goes to the Buffalo Bills, I love it. I think that I would be it. another one of those speed guys that they they, they need. And Diggs, they've been searching for it for a while. Like they've been they looking have. for somebody for years, man. They've been signing nope. people, bringing people up, drafting them, and like they just can't find the second guy to Damn. go with Diggs. So I love it. Yeah, everyone thinks that Stephon Diggs is this slot slot receiver. He was a better. He got open more on the outside last year than he did in the slot. He was more successful on the outside last year. And honestly, he's been more successful on the outside in his career than he has been in the slot. Mm-hmm. Keep him on the outside. Yeah, Keep him great. out there. Then you can mix Gabe Davis, who I think is probably best in the slot. I think he's a big slot. He needs space. He needs some room to get moving. And then you can take Marvin Mims and put him on the outside. He's got that speed to clear out as a Z receiver, but he also has a more developed – I think he has a more developed route tree than – as Oklahoma led on, Oklahoma's offense last, this last year was so awful. There were games where they almost didn't throw the football because they didn't have a quarterback, and it was just it was it was not good on their offense. So Marvin Mims to Buffalo is a place that I I, I really enjoy the fit. I think that yep. he could also develop into that that possible number two guy. And I mean, just because I'm a glutton for punishment, <laughs> <laughs> Tank Dell is the like the most one of the most fun players that I, I watch and I want to put him in Cincinnati. 
okay. know Tyler Boyd is the is the slot there, but <laughs> I'm looking at T. Higgins. I'm mm-hmm. looking at Jamar Chase, and I'm saying, give the give them this dynamic, shifty guy that you can't touch, and I'll put him, give him free releases every single time, so he has space to work. I love with. it. That's just more of a guilty pleasure thing that I want to see happen. Yeah. I, that I, I just love the fit. Again, another accurate quarterback gets the ball out quickly. You can get the ball out to Tank Dell really, really quickly in Cincinnati and just let him work, let him operate. They're going to need more Yak players now. You know, I think with this rumor that, you know, T. Higgins could be possibly traded, I doubt it. Um, but you still want those two guys running, running the field, clearing up space, and Tank Dell could just come in and absolutely eat up the middle of the field. Let's shift over to the tight ends, close things out here for today. Um, Top three tight end rankings, hit me. All right. Well, my tight ends are, I have Michael Mayer, my only first round draft pick grade is Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Then we have Dalton Kincaid comes in at two. And where is my third guy here? This is always the question. I feel like the one and two are pretty easy. And then the third one is always uh, up for grabs. Oh, that's here. right. There it is. Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan. And okay. That's, this, that's a little hot. That's a little hot, but yes. I like it. I've got four tight ends after the top two clumped together. Literally all. F- so you could argue any one of these guys and I wouldn't have an issue. I'm much lower on San Laporta than a lot of people. So that's okay. really where people get confused. They, they have him at like three. And yep. I, I do not. <laughs> okay, fair, 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 fair. Is there any like way that you know? Let's talk about those top three. You know, mm-hmm. is there is, is I guess my question would be is is Michael Mayer like locked and loaded no matter what? Let's say Kincaid goes round one. We see Mayer slip mm-hmm. to round two for whatever reason. Crazy yeah. things happen. Would that change your rankings? It wouldn't, and okay. that's because I I know exactly what Dalton Kincaid's going to be in the NFL. Like, and that I is. Feel- He's a really good slot receiver. Okay. Like okay. that is a good move tight end. He's yeah. not going to be someone you can just line up in line that's going to be able to do things in NFL offense. Now, this is not for fantasy, by the way. Yeah, like this, these rankings, and I know that you don't know you guys don't like to hear it, but being able to block in line allows you to do other things that an offense wants you to do. There's a reason that the Chargers have gone away from you know the move tight ends that they've used. They mm-hmm. want someone that can get out there like a Michael Mayer and that can block on first and second down in the run game. But you also be can then use play action off of those. As mm-hmm. an inline tight end, Michael Mayer offers you the ability to run block. Also, he offers pass blocking. I think he's a much better athlete than people give him credit for. I actually pulled up him and Mark Andrews' um, RISs today. They're almost identical. So, I mean. Yeah, and Mark Andrews just... is this, like, freak. And then because yeah. of the, the the athletic freaks in this class, yes. people are talking like Michael Mayer is not that athletic. I mean, maybe compared to these, you know, th- like what these these – tight end athletes we have in this 2023 mm-hmm. class is like almost unprecedented in yeah. terms of like an RS score. So like it, of course it makes Michael Mayer look bad. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I think you might be with me on this one, but I think, I think anyone not having Michael Mayer at tight end one is like borderline egregious. Like people, I think they're just getting fatigue here with the prospects and like are trying to change things up. But for me, it's, it's Michael Mayer, no doubt. I get it. I understand. Like I understand the Dalton Kincaid. I, I get it. He's, probably not not just like the best pure receiver at tight end i think he understands defenses and how to get open as 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 well as any tight end in this class as well as some of these receivers do that's 
it's hard to teach that. So I can understand, especially for fantasy people, like, well, he's just going to catch a ton of passes, be the, the quarterback's best friend, and that's that, that's probably true. I, I, he's also got some medical history history as well. Um, being a senior this year at Utah, having you know his season there and some injury history, so it's just trying to figure out what he's going to be used at as the, in the NFL. He comes in, he's like a slot receiver. I'm all in. Like I'm all in on that. I got stuff. you. Got you. Got you. Got you. Yeah, outside of these three, or maybe even your third year, is there like yeah. kind of any ideal um, landing spots that that you you love to see with these tight ends to get you excited? Yeah, I mean, I th- I, we have talked about the Chargers, but I think that uh, just they just need pass catchers. It. They have like they everything set. Catch. They just need some pass catch. I'm with you, man. It's it's an they easy just, one. It's an egregious thing that the Chargers' offense has been so kind of poor with yeah. w- you know, with Justin Herbert for as long as it has been. Yeah, so it, I think it seems like an easy fix, but here we are. Yeah. You would you would think so. They've also been trying to find a backup running back forever. They can't seem to do that. No, they're pretty um, bad at it. They grab the, the just the most like regular guys they ever could. But <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Cincinnati's the other other spot and another another spot. That was my favorite Michael Mayer spot is Cincinnati. Yeah. I would love to see it, man. I would, and it be, because everyone's like, well, Joe Burrow now is going to throw him a ton of touchdowns. They don't need to be that. And unfortunately, when you go there, you are going to be the third possibly more likely fourth option mm-hmm. as a tight end which is fine I, I liked what Hayden Hurst did there last year it's hard to to argue what he was able to do in his time there with the other receivers and other weapons there so I think that he uh he got paid well but where did he end up going to Carolina I think it was um maybe yeah you know, yeah, yeah. Paid. Yeah, Hurst, he went yep. to Carolina yeah yep. so yeah he, he ended up being being able to get it get paid off of that but yeah so i think cincinnati needs themselves a tight end just because i mean irv smith is irv smith that's he's not moving the needle and everyone never has to move the never needle. has <laughs> no everyone was like he's gonna finally do it this year in in, in minnesota no they went out and traded for tj hawkinson he's not doing it he's not doing he, he's it. a backup tight end we just need to accept it <laughs> detroit and detroit man Detroit is a spot that they, they do. It's a common need. mock at eighteen. It's a common mock. I mean, yeah. I've looked at as a Lions fan. I look at mocks all the time, and I, more times than not, it's either Kincaid or Mayer at eighteen. So, yeah, I think that they need it. And, and honestly, I I mean, I would even go as far to say that the uh, the Lions complete their offense with a mm-hmm. good tight end. Maybe. And I know that you know Jamison Williams is going to miss the first six games of the season now, um, once again with his suspension but you bring yes. in very very unfortunate hopefully that uh he never does something mm-hmm. like that again and <laughs> i would imagine a six game suspension will be enough deterrent for him but uh, i guess we'll, we'll we'll see how that ends up working out for him but i i mean i think a guy like luke spoonmaker to michigan or to uh to detroit another michigan return i think yep. won't and you can wait first round yeah, yeah you, you can, can wait. wait to get him it would be a, i think he's was an underutilized player at michigan which we can say about just every single wide receiver or any receiver tight end that comes out, they're underutilized because it's a very run-heavy offense, and, and they don't really use these athletic tight ends to their skill set. And, and, you know, it's one of the reasons that Eric All, now who now plays at, at Iowa, transferred out. He was like, I'm not being utilized here, yeah, um, so I'm going to get out. And so Luke Skimaker to, to Detroit makes a lot of sense. Um, the Green Bay Packers also need desperately need a tight end. They've been trying to figure it out for years, and I think that they might end up drafting one in the first round this year as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves. Maybe as a little bit of a slight to like stick it to Aaron Rodgers, but like, like hey, now you get we, weapons. Yeah. <laughs> now you get weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would love to see that also because 
he's Jordan Love's going to need himself a reliable tight end. I think that Christian Watson is a, is a going to be you know, is a good player. I think Romeo Dubs could be a good player. They're both extremely, I would say, unreliable and inconsistent. Right it's now. not enough. It's not enough yeah. for Jordan Love to succeed. It's, it's just a fact. And if you get the, if you get him a guy, they can help get him in a rhythm. Tight ends can help quarterbacks get into rhythms. Typically, they're they're in the right place at the right time, and they catch the football. And it helps establish that rapport with the quarterbacks. So we can get some confidence going. I think a guy like Michael Mayer, you know, Dalton Kincaid. Even, even some of the later rounds in Darnell Washington and, and Luke Musgrave could go there and help that offense a lot. So those are the, some of the places that I really like tight ends to go. Awesome. That's going to do it for the JWB Dynasty Digest. Talking potential landing spots for prospects. Uh, thrilled to say, Daniel, this is the last pod that I do. I don't know about you, but definitely me, the last pod I am doing before the draft. Um, next time I record, the draft will be over. We'll have a lot more answers, uh, a lot more certainty when talking, which is exciting in itself. Always. And, you know, it's I do envy you a little bit. I will be live streaming all three days of the draft. Woo! So I have yet to be completed with my work. All right. Well, uh, real quick, uh, plug the Twitter, plug the work. All right. You guys can find me on Twitter at in harm's way 19. And everything that I do right now is going to be over at the fantasy football astronauts as well as RGR football, which is the Chiefs-centric channel, but I do all my film stuff there, um, as well as NFL33.com, which is all-encompassing NFL. So there'll be t- more articles, more film work down mm-hmm. there. But again, everything that I do fantasy, I also I do the Fantasy Football Astronauts podcast as well. So awesome. that's where you can find me. All right, you can find me on Twitter, at FFTylerO. If you're interested in uh, doing some rookie or dynasty mocks, JWB is running them out of our Discord. Link below. Go to the Discord. We got mocks rookie we got the dynasty mocks we actually have like our own adp we've been getting there if you're listening to this on youtube subscribe if you're not already and that's all we got don't forget tell somebody you love them later